Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta on this uh, day of the March for Life. I've said for at least the last 20 years that abortion is the morally defining issue of this generation because it's about the very definition of what it means to be human. And just as race was the morally defining issue of the last generation, so abortion is to this generation. Uh, As baby boomers are getting older, though, uh, we're taking a look at it and asking if, in fact, it remains the morally defining issue of this generation. I think it has to because it does deal with what it means to be human, Um, who we're going to accept as one of us, right? Uh, Are they included under the idea of we, the people? For now, we've settled, at least at the rhetorical level, the issue of race. No one can stand tall and unassailed in America while using, you know, the N-word or uh, making outrageous remarks about race or ethnicity. No one can declare himself opposed to the full civic liberty and protection and opportunity of black Americans. Racism might persist and personal prejudice might persist, but it doesn't get any public applause. If one fails to use the proper politically correct language, in fact, on issues of race and ethnicity, you can be expected all kinds of shame from the Twitter tribe. As we saw with actor Jussie Smollett, in fact, people can stage crimes in order to cash in on the moral capital that accompanies being a victim of white privilege or more general forms of oppression. The only people of color that you can sin against are unborn children of color. For 20 years, as I said, I've been saying, and others have too, that abortion is the defining moral issue of this generation. The same logic that protected the dignity of black Americans could have been extended to protect unborn Americans. Alveda King, niece of civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. and daughter of civil rights activist A.D. King, has been making this case for years. Tragically, however, our nation took the moral momentum generated by the black civil rights movement and used it not to protect the right to life of all, but to protect sexual minorities from homosexual marriage to now any new variation one might find in the LGBTQ rights catalog. The once noble cause of civil rights has degenerated into an obsessive search to find what some new sexual minority needs protecting. Pro-life feminists were written and run out of the fight for equal opportunity for women. Uh, That was a decision made by the national organization. One of the foremothers of modern feminism, Gloria Steinem, repeated to me during an interview that abortion has become the sine qua non of modern feminism. Without supporting abortion, you cannot be an authentic feminist. Without abortion, she insists, and she's not alone, there is no modern feminism. Pro-abortion groups have been urging women to wear T-shirts celebrating their abortions. Uh, comedian Michelle Wolf says, I'm proud to have aborted. And she's performed a very silly and trashy skit called Salute to Abortion, in which she wraps the slaughter of unborn life in the American flag and applauds the killing of human life as a gift of America to women. In a healthy nation, no one applauds the shedding of innocent blood. You know, it's one thing to claim that abortion is a tragic necessity. It's an entirely different matter to celebrate it as a badge of female empowerment, especially since roughly half those snuffed out by abortion are female. 
The public outcry one might expect from a saner and sober news media won't happen because we know that at least 80% of our nation's uh, elite journalists and broadcasters are vigorously pro-choice, pro-abortion. Recently, we've seen the rebirth of the old late 19th and early 20th century political word progressive. It's now being applied to uh, left-wing Democrats who are really more to the left than your classic liberal Democrat. Progressivism used to mean an approach to politics that advocated for social reform. And it was always on the side of the weak, the poor, the vulnerable, those who didn't have a voice. Progressives in the era of Teddy Roosevelt sided with labor against the big trusts and monopolies. It sided with ghetto dwellers against those landlords who took advantage of them. You get the idea. It was all about improving the human condition for those who lacked the resources to take advantage of the opportunities that were out there for the upper classes. One of the hilarities of our present political situation is the wedding of progressive with socialist. (laughs) Experiments in socialism have not turned out too well for the vulnerable and the poor. Uh, Look at what's happened in the former Soviet Union or Cuba or North Korea or Venezuela or Nicaragua. I used to like the word progressive before its recent sabotaging. In world history, America was considered a progressive nation, especially in its founding, because it gave political voice to those who lacked it. We were making progress when it came to um, accepting uh, humanity. I continue to hope that America will be a truly progressive and humane nation in that sense. But to be progressive always meant to side with the weak against the strong. The progressive voice was used to consistently expand the circle of our civic community. Now, it it hasn't been easy. It's often been bloody, messy, unsettling, and throughout its history, true Christian progressive have always rested their activism on the bedrock principle that human life has intrinsic dignity. True progressives uh, always creatively apply that principle, in America anyways, to widen the circle of who's accepted as an American. African Americans, Jews, Catholics, immigrants, women are now fully regarded as persons, fully human, fully citizens, welcomed as members of society. It wasn't always that way. And I'm still asking, why not expand our circle of acceptance to include the unborn? What perverse definition of liberty pits itself against life, and in this case, the life of the unborn? Abortion is about division. It's about destruction. It pits born against unborn. It pits mother against child. It invites the mother to smother her natural affection for her child as she invites abortionists to do a search-and-destroy mission in her womb. Abortion favors the strong against the weak, It gives the strong the freedom to define who gets to live and who gets to die. It gives the strong the magical power to value or devalue another human life. 47 years ago, Roe v. Wade split and began destroying America's soul in the same way that it splits a mother's soul from her baby's body. There's no explaining. Uh, Modern American political divisions, there's no way of explaining explaining today's high polarization and partisanship without looking at the place of abortion in our political history. Uh, The Republican Party 
has successfully managed to become the pro-life party. And the Democrats, although they had the opportunity, because there were many Catholic Democrats, they had the chance to remain open to protecting unborn life, have chosen not to. And for many of us, this is the dividing line in modern American politics. Like I said, abortion is the morally defining issue of this generation. Today, we remember that raw act of judicial power in which our Supreme Court swept aside state laws protecting the unborn. In my current home state of Michigan, citizens consistently rejected abortion in referenda until the Supreme Court forced abortion upon us. A recent Marist poll shows that nearly 75% of Americans want to restrict abortion to some degree. America still knows there's something shabby and wrong with abortion. 47 years ago, we had pro-abortion propaganda, and it's been going since, and it has not been able to destigmatize abortion. Abortion remains undesirable. Even with those who may say it's a tragic necessity, the emphasis is upon tragic. The power to define is the power to control. So those who want to lord it over others or to eliminate others redefine the other. Before we raise the guillotine or aim the rifle or set the mine, we have to reduce the personhood of the person we're exterminating. We call the Viet Cong gooks. Um, and the, we know the engineering of social attitudes always requires manipulation and debasing of language. So unborn children were no longer called my baby or your baby. The unborn are redefined as products of conception or blobs of tissue or parasites in a woman's body or subhuman or prehuman or non-persons. Those who we would kill, we have to first reject. And we do that, first of all, through language. They're not one of us. But in a Christian understanding of life, liberty, freedom, and life are not fundamentally opposed. Those who claim children must die if women are to be free are lying. Abortion is not just a minor legal accommodation to enhance the liberty of women. It's the extinguishing of one of our own. It's an attack on how we define our humanity. We just recently... Um, recognized uh, January 9th, the death anniversary of Father Richard John Newhouse, who was one of our most articulate defenders of human life. And I'll, I'll close with some of his words. We contend, and we contend relentlessly, for the dignity of the human person, of every human person, created in the image and likeness of God, destined from eternity for eternity. Every human person, no matter how weak or how strong, no matter how young or how old, no matter how productive or how burdensome, no matter how welcome or how inconvenient. Nobody is a nobody. Nobody is unwanted. All are wanted by God and therefore to be respected, protected, and cherished by us. We shall not weary, we shall not rest, as we stand guard at the entrance gates and the exit gates of life, and at every step along the way, bearing witness in word and deed to the dignity of the human person of every human person. Against the encroaching shadows of the culture of death, against forces commanding immense power and wealth, against the perverse doctrine that a woman's dignity depends upon her right to destroy her child, we do not know, we do not need to know, how the battle for the dignity of the human person will be resolved. 
God knows, and that's enough. As Mother Teresa of Calcutta and saints beyond numbering have taught us, our task is not necessarily to be successful, but to be faithful. Those are good words from the late Father Richard John Newhouse. For Aristotle, the first political question was, how ought we to live our lives together? The question of abortion is about who are the we that are worth protecting. Will we expand the circle of protection around the unborn? Only God knows if America will choose life. Our task is to continue to insist that she does. I'm Al Cresta.